You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can hear you well. Fantastic. It looks like the lag is gone. <gasps> oh my god, that's amazing. And I'm not hooked to the thing, which means I can look for this damn remote. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. I don't know what's going on here. Oh, truly the important things in life. <laughs> that's how we start this episode. Wes, looking for the damn remote. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. It's perfect way to start episode 376 of the Afford Affair podcast. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. My name is Edward Green, joined as always by McCollin Crime, Wes Bradshaw. So glad to have him back live on the pod. I'm excited oh, yeah. for this week. Um, we're I, we're not going to do things like super different this week, but we are going to do it a little different. Um, we're not. We don't really have many matches to talk about because. Uh, even though I enjoyed the result of the Gold Cup, I don't really still care about the Gold Cup. Um, that doesn't make me all of a sudden want to really get into it very much. But it did happen, so we will touch on that ever so slightly. Um, also, uh, same thing with the Summer Olympics in soccer. It's like it's going on, but eh. Um, we, of course, will have... Uh, a lot of transfer news we're going to be talking about, including people who haven't quite moved yet, um, <laughs> because that's a lot of a big deal. Um, then um, definitely want to get into, uh, for my, I'll go ahead and spoil it right now, my pimping of the athletic article is, I think, something that's very interesting and we'll talk about a little bit later on in regards to soccer. Um, and then finally, I thought something we haven't done in a long time, but I think it's just such a big story and it's so interesting. Wes and I have already texted a little bit about this. Um, I haven't mentioned to him that I wanted to talk about it tonight, but I don't think he should have much of a problem with it, is I want to actually talk a little bit about and get Wes's thoughts on the big college football news, because I know Wes talks plenty about the college football uh, when he pimps out The Athletic, and The Athletic does some great college football talk that Wes brings to the podcast every week. Um, so I want to get his thoughts on the the craziness that has transpired over the last couple of weeks um with with oklahoma and texas and big 12 in the college football landscape so that'll be towards the end of the podcast tonight but uh yeah i wanted to go ahead and throw that out there but as always we are presented by ngsc sports at ngscsports.com we never stop uh so first off yeah real quick uh united states won mexico nil it was a miles robinson header off a set piece in the 117th minute that gave the united states their fourth straight one nil victory of the CONCACAF Gold Cup and their second straight final victory this year over Mexico. Uh, they do the Dos Acero. Uh, Mexican fans were just mwah, chef's kiss as always. Um, and, and just good to see them taking everything in stride as, as they like to do. Um, 
but yeah, you know, United States, you know, winning a match without most of their, what we would call a team being back in Europe and everything. Good to see. Maybe, maybe a positive direction for this squad. Um, also with the summer Olympics, quick update on that. Uh, we do have the final matchups, uh, for the tournament ready, um, in the men's side, which where's the men's side? Um, I'll just know who's in it. That's all I can give you. <laughs> uh, the men's side is Spain versus Brazil. Uh, Spain got through the semifinals against Japan, one nil in extra time, and Brazil got past Mexico, <laughs> taking the uh, another L there, four uh, one on penalties. Um, it's man of the match, Danny Alves, because you know when you're thinking of an under twenty three tournament, Danny Alves mm. is that really springs to mind there. So Spain and Brazil will play on the 7th in Yokohama for the gold medal. Uh, Japan and Mexico will play the day before on for the bronze. Uh, in the women's side, Canada gets revenge on the United States for 2012 uh, when they beat them 1-0, uh, thanks to a somewhat dubious penalty in the 75th minute. Um, Sweden also gets past Australia 1-0, so it'll be Sweden-Canada in the, uh, the gold medal match on the 6th and Australia versus the U.S. on the 5th. So that's your Shimmer Olympics update. Um, now, Wes, now, this, now we're going to jump right into news and notes now and hit you our favorite time of the year. Uh, and it has been crazy. Um, we are talking transfer window deals. Uh, we had a couple moves to Celtic today. Uh, James McCarthy from Palace and Joe Hart from Spurs, both heading to the Premiership uh, to go join Celtic. Um, we also had a big signing for Arsenal uh, earlier uh, from Brighton. Ben White, yes, that Ben White, uh, is joining Arsenal for just under 60 million euros. So big news there. And of course, Wes... Um, uh, there's plenty of other deals that I'm sure you'd love to touch on. Um, and then uh, the big one we have to get to, the one that hasn't happened yet and may not happen for a few more weeks. Of course, the the newly minted Harry Kane saga over at Hotspur Way. Oh, God, how many sagas can Manchester City be uh, embroiled in? There's the Harry Kane saga. There's the Jack Grealish saga. Yes. Um, are, are they going to break their transfer record not once but twice in the same summer um and still not leave everybody happy <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i mean that's just uh that's a that's a really crazy one there there's some real intrigue going on around tottenham hotspur right now you know will harry kane stay will he go um some of the uh things i've been hearing over the last few days, you know, he has, of course, not reported for the first two days of camp uh, that mm -hmm. he was due back. Uh, Kane apparently has said he'll be back by the end of the week. Um, a lot of the pundits and experts believe that a deal is close to happening because guys, guys just don't show up unless the other club has said, look, we're going to make something happen. Right. You take that for what it's worth, um, and you know that he might he might be on his way. Uh, we'll see. I I personally would find it completely delicious <laughs> to see uh, to see City get not only strike out on Harry Kane but also Jack Grealish as well. My God, that would be just <laughs> amazing. Uh, it would be wonderful. Um, 
But, 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 you know, it, it just does seem like, um, it seems like it's going to happen. One, at least one of them seems like it's going to happen. And I think Harry Kane is the priority signing at this point. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was going to say, if you've got anything to add to that, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is um, a couple of things I noticed. One um, is it seems like City really ended up screwing the pooch on this when they ended up announcing their 100 million bid for Jack Grealish. Because at that point, if you were Daniel Levy and Tottenham Hotspur, you say, okay, City thinks Jack Grealish is worth 100 million. So what does that make Harry Kane worth exactly? The guy who led the Premier League in goals and assists last year. What, 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 how much more than Jack Grealish is he really worth? Um, and I think that that has really thrown a, a wrench possibly in the plans. We all knew that the, the valuation I think Spurs had on Kane was going to be exceptionally high. But when City goes out there and puts the value on a player that, and I really like Jack Grealish, I think he's a very oh, yeah. good player, but he's not Harry Kane. He, he's, <laughs> he's simply not. So when you go ahead and put the mark number out there, hey, that guy's worth 100 million. What's a guy who's X amount better than him worth then? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's made it very tough. I've been very uh, interested to see the reactions of Spurs fans through this. Um, I think that there was a lot of people, judging by Twitter and the subreddit for Spurs, that were would have been kind of okay if he had gone to City. They wouldn't have been happy. And I think the the more thing they would have been upset with, and to be fair, still are, is that, oh, it's just City buying all the best players and and how much that sucks, that they're kind of becoming like Bayern Munich in a way in the Premier League, and they just, they're just buying how that, that just really sucks for football in general. Um, but other than that, you know, hey, he's been the club, he's given us everything. Sure, go win your trophies, that's fine. Um, but it seems that him now refusing to show up has turned a lot of people against him. Will that stay? I'm not sure. Um, I mean, we've seen multiple Spurs do this in the past 10 years, from uh, Berbatov to um, Modric to Bale. Uh, We've even Erickson a little bit. We've seen stuff like this happen. Um, And and now Kane is the latest big example. Um, And and I will say that the, the... not sort of the, the flipping of the narrative, but the need now to say things like, well, uh, you know, somebody posted a graphic with, well, here's Kane's uh, statistics in the four finals he's played in for Spurs. And it's like no goals, no assists and four shots in those four games. So it's it's really starting now the whole, you know, well, not that we never liked him, but. You know, maybe we're already better off without him. How dare he think he's bigger than the club? That sort of thing. And it's actually kind of interesting because um, you, since we've been doing this podcast, have gone through a similar thing. Not not maybe exactly the same with Harry Kane's status to the Spurs uh, era, but you've been through similar things with Coutinho and um, Sterling. I mean, hell, we made a song about Coutinho on this podcast. Um, and, and I'm just wondering, some people have said, you know, oh, well, once once Kane leaves and, and, it's, and it's been a few years, you'll be pining for him like Bale, like you were for Bale again and welcome him back with open arms if it comes to that. But and that might happen. But I 
I can ask you. I'm not sure Liverpool fans would ever welcome back Raheem Sterling with open arms. I don't know about Coutinho as much, even though that was also contentious. But I can't really see Sterling getting a warm welcome if he ever actually came back to Anfield. Well, Raheem Sterling, what he did and what Coutinho didn't do and what Harry Kane to this point hasn't done, and I can't see Harry Kane going this way. Coutinho trashed the or Coutinho, I'm sorry, Sterling trashed the club. Mm, okay. So forced his move. Um, he he went he went kind of off the rails with everything. Um, you know, and, and it wasn't even so much him; it was his agent. Uh, I believe his name was Ad Ward. Um, you know, who you, know, you look at the trail of damn bodies he's left around English football. This guy's fucking. Yeah, okay, guys, let him run your career. Hey, Jerome Sinclair, where you at, champ? Oh, God. Honestly, can't tell you where the hell he is, son. I doubt he can tell you where the hell he is right now. <laughs> um, but uh, that was that was the big thing is um, on the way out, you know, on his way out to force his move, Raheem Sterling kind of went nuclear against the club. Uh, Coutinho's was done in a way where, you know, Coutinho never went nuclear. Coutinho had the mystery back injury, which (laughs) magically, magically cleared up after the transfer window closed. Um, but the thing with Coutinho is, you know, Coutinho stayed for that half the season and Coutinho gave you what he had and, um, played well for the club, did his thing. And then he left and and I'm not going to lie. Part of the reason you're not seeing a ton of backlash against Coutinho is, and this is terrible, he he sucked at Barcelona. I mean, yeah, it's true, obviously, true. <laughs> we made we made out like damn gangbusters. That was that's obviously like the deal that changed Liverpool Football Club because you look at it and you know not only did we sell him for a big price and he hasn't gone on and kicked on, but we directly took that money and bought Allison and Fabinho. <laughs> Yeah, yes. who, are, who are only like two of the absolute centerpieces of a Champions League and a Premier League winning squad. So, mm. you know, for for that, you know, you kind of look, you're like, all right, you know, Phil, we're not going to slam you too bad on the way out because, you know, <laughs> you're kind of you're kind of reaping that reward. Uh, Sterling, on the other hand, it's it's just it's just a different situation. There were so many bad feelings left on the Sterling thing. Mm-hmm. And I really, 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 for everyone's sake, hope it doesn't come to that with Harry Kane. Um, Harry Kane is a Tottenham guy. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, no matter where he goes, what he does, Harry Kane, first thing I, f- I think, I believe even after his career is over, the very first thing you say, Harry Kane, oh, yeah, Tottenham. Oh, yeah, then he went to City and then he went to United. Yeah, yeah. But hey, that's a Tottenham guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and much like I think, yeah, you know, I think Philippe Coutinho will be remembered as a Liverpool guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, Raheem Sterling is going to be remembered as, you know, the little rat who jumped deck and <laughs> ended up at City and wherever the hell else he may end up because apparently they're open to getting rid of, of him now. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's sometimes it's how you leave and the language you use. I don't see Harry Kane ever going nuclear on Tottenham because unlike unlike Sterling and even unlike Coutinho, really, Tottenham was Tottenham is his boyhood club. Mm-hmm. He grew up loving Tottenham. Um, you know, Coutinho shit, Coutinho came from um 
we bought him from Inter. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's Brazilian, obviously. Uh, Sterling, we bought him from QPR. You know, we just we made a really good deal on Sterling. As a, I mean, he was already a teenager when he came to Liverpool. So it's not like he came, it's it's not like he's Trent who came up from, you know, has been there since he was six, seven years old. That's what Harry Kane's done at Spurs. I would be absolute I would be blown away beyond blown away if Harry Kane went nuclear on Spurs. Now I would not be surprised in the next few days if he starts if things start coming out about a rift with Daniel Levy. Mm-hmm. I think that's Different because you know, Daniel Levy is Daniel Levy, and I think sure, everybody absolutely. realizes it. I mean, Daniel Levy is—he's tough as shit to deal with. Yes. Um. And, you know, there's been things thrown out there. You know, oh, there was there a gentleman's agreement? Was this? Was that? I mean, let's put it this way. You know, Harry Kane kind of messed himself by signing a six-year contract. Yeah. Yeah. Um. When he didn't have to sign a six-year mm-hmm. contract, mm-hmm. you know, if Harry Kane, let's put it this way, if Harry Kane signs a five-year contract, well, damn, now it's looking good because you owe two years on the contract. All right, you know, now's the time to move him. But Harry Kane signed a six-year contract, and there's three years left on it. Three years gives the club all the leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, was there a gentleman's agreement? I don't know, but if there is, you know, you kind of take gentlemen agreement for what they were sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, there was, there was famously one with Luis Suarez when he left Suarez stuck it out another year at Liverpool was the player of the year in the league shot Liverpool to the champions league and got his dream moved to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Harry Kane is not in that position right now. Yeah. Um, and you know, you kind of feel for the player because once again, Harry Kane is a guy who's given his all for Spurs. You know, but he had to I don't know why they didn't do the math when he signed that contract. Um and now he just I mean, it, it, here's the thing if Daniel Levy wants to dig his heels in, mm-hmm. he can. And he's yeah. going to. You know, one thing Daniel Levy doesn't like to do is to be shown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Levy likes to have the power in the relationship. He likes to be the guy who he's seen as making the big deal, making the good deal, the best deal for Tottenham. Um, and, and you know what? Harry Kane might just have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, because I think unless they come with a godfather offer, I mean, I, I just I don't see why Tottenham, <clears throat> if Tottenham value him at 150 million pounds and they're under zero pressure to really have to sell him, why are you going to turn around and take 80 million for him? Exactly, I agree. I mean, they shouldn't have to do Manchester City a favor. You know, if there was a gentleman's agreement, the gentleman's agreement had to have been, look, if uh, if we get the if we get the right offer, we'll let you go. That that's well, the right offer, that's the big thing, yeah. And the the right offer might be 150 million pounds. It ain't going to be a cut deal that City wants because they also want to get Jack Grealish, right? So, um, you know, City find themselves in a position this season, this off season, with the relaxing of financial fair play, 
City find themselves in a position where they can they can make big moves. Mm-hmm. Not that financial fair plays ever really fucking mattered anyway. <laughs> That's a discussion. I yeah, I don't know why we. Yeah, I don't know why we act like it really matters. But this year, oh yeah, the you know all the gloves are off. Been off for a while, but whatever. Um, if City want to make it happen, City can find the money and make it happen. And I'm not going to say that I blame Daniel Levy at all for digging his heels in on this. I really don't. Um, and, and Daniel Levy is what he is, you know. I mean, people talk about Levy, oh, he's a miser, he's cheap, he's greedy, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what, folks? He's in a business. He's in a business to make money. He's in a business to put a competitive team on the field. Why would, once again, why does he have to do Manchester City, the high and mighty Manchester City? Why does he have to do them a favor? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I'm really fascinated to see how this works out. Um, I don't see Harry Kane as the kind who's going to go and down tools. Um, I can't see him doing that to ruin his legacy with the Tottenham fans. I think mm-hmm. right now he's pushing it about as far as he can push it. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, the thing is, there is – now, here's the thing. There's a way to get out of Tottenham. There's a way to get out, but he's going to have to go nuclear, and is it worth it to him to ruin his legacy at Tottenham? Where, you know, kind of like you said, Raheem Sterling. You know, here's the thing. One day when it's old timers day at Liverpool, you know what? Philippe Coutinho, come on, buddy. Hey, you did some great things. Come on for us. And you know what? He's going to walk on that field and he's going to wave his hand. And a couple of old guys, ah, fuck you, Coutinho. 55,000 people are going to cheer Philippe Coutinho. Raheem Sterling ain't getting that call back. And Raheem Sterling ain't getting that uh, ovation. Once again, he went nuclear. Harry Kane can. If Harry Kane will take it for another season and stick around with Tottenham, I think next year Tottenham fans will be like, especially, you know, if they go and don't win anything again this year and things aren't rapidly turn around, Tottenham fans are going to be like, you know what? Harry gave us his best. Bless him. Let him go. Mm-hmm. But if Harry Kane goes nuclear, he is, he, he is destroying a relationship. And you know, you go to City. They're not they're not building a statue for you at City. No. You know, I mean, at City, they're they are what they are. It's basically mercenary football. Tottenham, you can be that all time legend. You just have to do it right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you you hit on a lot of really good points. Um, and, and I would actually believe, and I've seen this like I think thrown around jokingly. But it wouldn't shock me if, as you said, it did get really bad to the point where Kane goes nuclear. It wouldn't shock me that if Levy doesn't get a good deal, you would just see Kane playing with the under 23s this entire year. Like, you're just like, all right, you're, you're, you're going to be a malcontent. You're going to be fine. We're not letting you go. And you're also not playing for the first team. So that's right. England's captain is going to be playing under 23 football for the season because because that's the kind of man Daniel Levy is for better and for worse. That's just the kind of guy he is. Um, and I think you're exactly right about the gentleman's agreement. I can't imagine 
Harry Kane went up and said, hey, listen, boss, um, you know, this is great. But in case something, you know, anybody comes calling like a city or a Madrid, uh, you know, let me go. I'm sure D- Daniel Livy didn't just go, OK, sure thing. You know, I'm yeah. sure he went, OK, yeah, absolutely. If we get what we believe to be a fair commensurate offer, we will absolutely listen. And if if at all everything goes that way, we will for sure listen and be willing parties to make a deal happen for you. But I can't imagine he was just like, well, you know, sure. As you said, take a, take a half price discount just because he's ready to leave. Like it doesn't work that way, especially with three years left in his contract. And you mentioned Coutinho's agent earlier. Do you know who Harry Kane's agent is? Is it? Oh, it's not Barnett. Is it? No. Who's his agent? It's his brother. Oh, God. Yes. So it just really has felt like, and and the more things you read about, the the more craziness, the more weird reports you sometimes read in things like The Sun, it really feels like, and his name's Charlie, Charlie Kane is just putting stuff out there to try and force a move so maybe Kane doesn't even have to go nuclear. Um, yeah, and and that's but, the agent's job, you know. It's the yeah. agent's job to take the hit and not the player. So. Yeah, like, but that's the thing. Is just like, man, you know, it, it it just seems like you sort of get what you pay for. And I mean, we hate guys <laughs> like Mina Rayola and, and ones like that, but they also get things done. I don't really see Charlie Kane getting things done. He seems. <laughs> Based on how this is going very much in over his head, um, someone found, um, I think it was like the a couple days before the Euro final, a Twitter feed of a company that's making, it's a purely English company that's making these like wireless phone chargers. And they have, I think they have like a hundred followers on their Twitter account. And Kane is like their actual spokesperson. And it's just like, Wait, you're you're like one of the greatest players in the world right now. Why why are you doing this rinky dink shit? You should be like a Nike guy or a Pepsi guy like Messi or or something like that. Why are why are you doing this rinky dink shit? And the more you think about it, it's like, oh man, his brother actually just doesn't really know what he's doing. That's really terrifying <laughs> in a lot of ways. So yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see how this plays out. Um, and I, I mean, I, as you said, I think he has already kind of got right up to that line of what is what of, I guess the point of no return, we'd call it like he's, he's right up there. He's like, if he kind of leaned over it, VAR might call him off sides. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's going to be interesting and, and to see how this escalates and if it does escalate. So we'll see. I've heard reports. He's actually just coming at the end of the week to training and he was just, you know, taking more, um, uh, Mm -hmm. quarantine time or whatever after Mm -hmm. coming back from vacation. Sure. Okay. Whatever. But, um, yeah, this is, this is a fascinating. If if that's the deal, then man, you know, a a 10 second press release would fix a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it, it's something here where uh, you know, 
Now, here's the thing you say about playing under 23s. Harry Kane ain't going to go play under 23s. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here's also the deal. You know what can fix this really damn quick? What's that? Harry Kane coming in and scoring 25 goals this year. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, I mean, don't 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 get it twisted. And don't forget, folks, at the end of the day, if you perform, the fans will love you. Mm-hmm. That is true. <laughs> you, know, you come in and perform and hey, Tottenham, Tottenham, find a way to fourth place. And Harry Kane then can ride off into the sunset, and go get his. He can go win his Carabao Cup with City and. Um, Still ways to go, you know, and um, the the reports out there are saying that um, Villa are ready to accept the hundred million offer for Grealish. Which, um, you know, what does that do to this? Because once again, you know, if you're spending a hundred million on Jack Grealish, and Tottenham aren't going to come off, uh, let's put this way: whatever you spend for Grealish, Tottenham certainly aren't going to take less for Kane. Sure, of course. So you're looking at a minimum. 120 million for Kane. You know, our our city's owner is going to be ready to stump up that cash. And you know, at the end of the day, for Harry Kane, if he if that move doesn't go through, don't forget if it doesn't go through, Harry Kane has to come back and he's got to face those Tottenham fans. Oh yeah. So he's got to be very very careful with what he says and how he handles himself going forward for the next month. Absolutely. And uh, apropos of nothing, Premier League starts back in just a couple weeks and Tottenham Hotspur will be taking the pitch in their opening match against, uh, let me see, oh, Manchester City. Wow. Right no. They're just on point, aren't they? <laughs> oh, oh those scriptwriters. Oh, man. Um, well, that we've talked a bunch about Harry Kane, Wes. Um, are there any other uh, transfers you're looking into that have already happened or that uh, that may be happening here in the, the last couple weeks of the window? Um, the one that's kind of suddenly grabbing my interest is, um, you know, Chelsea, in case of emergency, let's try to re-sign Lukaku. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of their default, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of well. It's like shit. We don't know what to do. Hey, is Lukaku available? <laughs> uh, apparently, apparently, Inter have already turned down two very large offers from Chelsea. Um, mm-hmm. It does look like they're reporting a bid of around 130 million euros to get this deal over the line. <laughs> oh me! So um, here's the deal. Uh, Lukaku is very happy in Italy. You know has no burning desire to leave Italy. Uh, but, you know, uh, Inter have some financial difficulties, which now that said, they've sold, they've done enough this summer where they don't have to sell Lukaku. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and apparently they don't really want to sell. I mean, Lukaku's, I mean, he was the player of the year last year in Serie yeah, A. He was, he was lights out. Uh, Chelsea, though, are once again desperate for a striker. Um, Erling Holland is not going to happen this summer. That was their number one was Erling Holland. That's not going to happen. So now, you know, they got to turn somewhere else because don't forget, they did sell Olivier Giroud to AC Milan. Mm-hmm. So Giroud's gone. Uh, right now you're left with Timo Werner, which. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, 
you know, Chelsea are suddenly finding themselves in like this point. It's like, oh, shit, what do we do now? So now it's almost like they're just throwing things at the wall and seeing what'll stick. Mm-hmm. If anything, that's the Chelsea I know and love. <laughs> um, so that's an interesting one. Uh, Liverpool still have their hand out there seeing if they're going to make any moves. Um, a midfielder, another forward player would be really nice before it's over. I don't know what the hell's going to happen with them. Liverpool have basically gotten to a point. It's like, I don't know. when If it happens, it happens. If somebody suddenly shows up, awesome. <laughs> uh, if not, you know, we'll, we'll go with what we got. Um, Aston Villa, uh, just uh, speaking of Jack Grealish on the move, Aston Villa uh, are set to bring in Leon Bailey from Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, hmm. Bailey is a Jamaican. Um, was uh, was being tracked by the likes of uh, City, United, Liverpool, um, Villa, though looked like they may have struck first and are going to be bringing in the Jamaican winger. Uh, was a really big talent in Germany. So that also kind of shows the spending power that Premier League clubs have that just others don't. Mm-hmm. If Aston Villa can go, of course, Aston Villa might have 100 million extra pounds in the coffers coming up here in the next <laughs> year. They, they might be really making some moves. Um, uh, taking a look, you mentioned uh, McCarthy and Hart going to Celtic. Um, uh, Fabinho signed a new five-year contract extension with Liverpool, which uh, uh, gets gets me in a good mood. I'm a I'm a cock of the walk right now. <laughs> I got my man Fabinho, so that means Fabinho and Allison uh, both have extended this summer. Good news for the pool. Uh, Granite Shaka is close to agreeing uh, a new contract with Arsenal. Sorry. Hamez um, <laughs> uh, is going to be allowed to leave Everton if the right deal presents itself. Hamez uh, wants to be allowed to Everton right now. The only reason he went to start with is to play for Carlo. Yeah. Carlo got the hell out of there. Don't blame him. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, we're just kind of sitting back. Um, I don't know. We never really touched on, you know, we weren't here last week. Rafael Varane signing with uh, United. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a good move. Uh, I mean, we know United obviously had issues at the back. Outside of of Maguire, God, that other group certainly wasn't getting it done. So, I mean, Varane, I can't. I can't even try to hope he's going to come in and be worse because he won't. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's a solid sign, and it's like they got a decent price on him. Um, you know, Madrid uh, Madrid needed to free up some funds. Um, they're not in Barcelona territory, but they've got their own financial issues. Uh, Varane wanted a big, fat new contract. Uh, so interesting on the Real Madrid side, they've lost both their top center halves, even though, you know, um, Ramos didn't really play much this season. Mm-hmm. Still losing Ramos and Varane. I mean, for a decade, that was, I mean, the most part of a decade, that was the best center back pairing in Europe. Uh, multiple Champions Leagues, uh, La Liga's. I mean, they were that was they were European royalty. So uh, that group gone now. Um, Jade Sancho, obviously, you know, I think Sancho to United is a good sign. And 
mean, oh, yeah. once again, what's there not to like about it from the United side? Uh, they got him. Uh, they got him at a. I mean, they paid for him. They paid money for him, but they didn't get him at an obscene price. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to end up paying less for him than what City's going to pay for Grealish or Kane. And I mean, I think he's like three years younger than Grealish, and obviously, I think he's like five, six years younger than Kane. So, um, you know, uh, that, that's that's it's good business for United. Uh, bad business for United, uh, they extended on um, Ollie. <laughs> yeah. But hey, see, everything evens out. <laughs> everything evens out because he's putting up in hard and signed Solskjaer. Just looking around, um, Martin Odegaard, uh, once again, is being linked with a possibly a permanent move to Arsenal. Um. What happens with that? Uh, not, a, not a ton going on at the moment. We're kind of in a wait and see. Um, there are a few moves out there. So if if this Grealish and this Kane move can go down, that's gonna. I think that could really start a lot of things going. Because well, for one thing, City are going to need to move some guys on if they do that. Mm-hmm. And. I mean, we're not talking about academy players here. I mean, we're talking about City having to move some like legit players on. They're probably the likes of uh, uh, Jesus, um, uh, possibly Raheem Sterling. I mean, there, there'll be some big names. Uh, uh, what the hell's the midfielder's name? Little asshole. I can't remember. Uh, um, Fernandinho. No, not Fernandinho. Um, Silva, Bernardo Silva. Oh, yes. He, he might be a guy who's on the move with that. Uh, so, I mean, there's going to be some names, especially bringing those two guys. Um, you know, there, there's going to be some things going on, uh, and that could, you know, that could possibly get the market going. And also, I just think the later we get into the market, uh, what it sounds like and what it looks like is that clubs have these valuations of players and still, I mean, COVID's still rearing its ugly head on the finances of clubs right now. And, and people are like, you know, can't pay $20 million for this guy. You know, we're not, we're not talking about the superstars moving here. We're talking about, you know, good players still, though. You know, I can't pay $20 million for this guy. But, hey, if I can get him down to the last week of the transfer window, hey, maybe I can get him for 15 mm-hmm. So I, I do think there's still going to be a good amount of movement out there. Like I said, just on my end, I think Liverpool, there's still going to be some outgoings, and I would, I mean, I'm hoping and expecting to get an incoming or two at Liverpool. I don't know exactly what to expect. I mean, <laughs> I mean, in Bobby 2022 is until next summer. So, you know, I mean, we got to do something to get by till then, until uh, we sign Mbappe on a free next summer. But um, <clears throat> I still expect something to happen. I still expect a lot of these teams to make moves. Uh, Tottenham apparently uh, have brought in uh, Christian Romero from Atlanta. Yep, that looks uh, like it's about 20, done. Yeah, twenty-three-year-old uh, center back. Um, yeah, hopefully, that'll be a good move for him. Uh, Nuno, Nuno's having to build the new Tottenham. Um, a name oh, yeah. I heard today, one who you know should be one of the centerpieces of the new Tottenham. Um, God, he's so great. I sat here and just completely lost his name all of a sudden. Is it Sonny? Uh, 
No, no. Ah, uh, Sonny refined, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sonny refined. I'm thinking your English midfielder who was supposed to be great and has just gone to shit. Delhi? Yeah, Delhi. Yeah, he's so oh, okay. great. I can't remember his damn name. <laughs> like, like, what the hell is the deal with Delhi Ali? I mean, is this, is, are we hearing like, oh, great, Nuno, new guy. Yeah, this will fix it. I mean, Ali. he looked pretty good in preseason. Uh, I know he scored against uh, Dons when they played their exhibition match. Um, I'm actually interested to see. I know there's the, uh, I believe, and I have to, I have to give this the proper bravado that a name, a tournament of this name deserves. Um, <clears throat> the Mind Series uh, between Chelsea, Arsenal, and Spurs. Their little preseason, whatever. Um, Spurs still have their two matches. Yeah, I, that's that's the whole point. Um, I, I'll be interested to see how Delhi plays in those two matches because even though they're friendlies, they are against you know good competition. So I, I, I think I think Nuno definitely wants to see what he can get out of him. Um, who knows what he has left uh, and if maybe he can finally get a resurgence. Cause you know, he did have that like mini resurgence under Josie when he came in uh, and then yeah. that petered off again. So uh, I think, I think for sure uh, Nuno is going to try to get something out of him because um, he's still pretty young. Um, but it's uh, it's it's uh, going to be definitely make or break time for Delhi for sure. Yeah, I mean it's definitely put up or shut up time for Delhi Ali. Um, you know, Delhi Ali should have been a centerpiece on that England team this week. Yeah, absolutely. Should have, and I mean, I mean, should have been in the course of where his career was three years ago when he was up and coming and one of the most exciting young talents in the world. Um. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's confidence. Just totally form has just gone out the window. But Deli Ali should be a whole lot better player than what he has been. And, you know, you hope just for him, whether you like him or not. I, I hear he can be kind of a trying personality at times. Um, I mean, you would just, you would hate to see a guy with that kind of talent just. Oh, yeah. Totally fall off the map and end up somewhere terrible like. Yeah, Everton or something. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, Deli Ali is a guy who, you know, he had, he had like, links to Real Madrid and people like that, and now suddenly mm-hmm. it's like, shit, he can't even get a match for Tottenham. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be make or break for him right now. And uh, we'll see. He does look fit. He looked... You know, he looks pretty switched on in training. He looks switched on in the match. So we'll see uh, once things get real um, where where he's at. And, um, you know, who knows? Maybe, you know, if, if Kane does in fact leave, I mean, Tottenham is going to really have to figure out kind of on the fly, you know, for more than just, you know, that two-month stretch that usually happens during every season he's there anyway. Um, how are they going to play without him? Um and I do think I, I did mention him earlier because I thought this is where you're going, uh, but I agree. Uh, resigning Son um, mm-hmm. to another to another an extension so big for this Tottenham team because you know as good as Kane is, uh, Son in his time, especially the last couple of years, has pr- just produced some absolutely magical moments for this team. Back to back, almost um, Premier League goal of the year winner. Um, I don't think he won it this year, but I know he won it last year. Um, so yeah, definitely some good pieces there. And, uh, yeah, there's a couple other big name or not big names, but a couple other names that might be coming through to Tottenham. Uh, 
just got knocked out of the Olympics, but Takahiro Tomoyasu, um, who plays for, I believe, uh, AC Milan, uh, might be coming over. He's a center back. Um, Dusan Vlahovic, um, who plays, I believe, for Fiorentina. Is that who it is? Yeah, Fiorentina. Um, he might he might be coming over to be an upfront guy, especially especially if Kane leaves. So we'll see. Along with Romero and uh, Brian Hill, who came in, um, how how some of these new guys will do. The the Portuguese pipeline is uh, is, is is starting up here. Um, but yeah, uh, just just a few more weeks till those guys really get on the pitch for real and out of the transfer portal. A um, few other news and notes real quick here uh, for United. Not everything is rosy, especially you know, after re-signing Ole. Uh, Marcus Rashford will miss the start of the season with a shoulder injury. This is coming from the standard uh, over in England. Um, he was dealing with it during their uh, Euro 2020 final run with the shoulder problems, but uh, now he's going to have surgery and he is going to miss the first couple weeks of the season. Um, and then this was kind of a big deal in um, what should have been the freest win for the U.S. men's national team other than Mexico. I got you again, Mexico. I got you again. Um, the U.S. men's soccer team came out and filed an amicus brief uh, in, in support of the U.S. women's national team saying, yeah, they should be paid a lot more. And it's like, it's just, it's apparently they're really trying to put that failing to qualify for the 2018 World Cup out of people's minds because it's like, yeah, we beat Mexico earlier this year in whatever that made-up new tournament is. And yeah, we beat them this year in the Gold Cup. And hey, we're we're on the side of the women and we want them to have more money. It's win, win, win for the USMNT right now. Um, and once again, US soccer in general just looks really stupid that mm-hmm. they're just continuing to fight this. So uh, the Washington Post has a really good write-up on... Um, what exactly the amicus brief um, had that men's, U.S. men's soccer filed, um, basically resorting down to, yes, uh, they should have been paid not just for uh, the amount of matches they play, but also the quality of those matches and the things they actually won, um, which, you know, again, coming from the men does sort of mean something because the men don't win anything. Um, so, so uh, yeah, big, big story out of there, and we'll see how that shakes out. Um, all right, Wes, let's, before we get to pimping the athletic, let's talk about college football. Um, oh, the, it, you're giving me the tingling. I knew I would. I knew I would. This was I'm like, I, 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 I will tell you all out there, um, I lost a lot of, first it was the NFL that I just didn't want anything to do with anymore somewhat still with college football. Like I at least keep up with who's winning and who's losing and, and that sort of thing. And then in January I can kind of stop because it's probably just going to be Clemson and Alabama again. And it's, it is what it is. Um, but I do like to at least keep up with things and, and whatnot. And so when I hear that Texas and Oklahoma look to be moving from the big 12 to the sec, my mind just kind of explodes. Um, this, this, this just came out of nowhere almost a couple weeks ago and, uh, and, uh, but seems like it's been in the works for at least six months. Um, this story has taken many twists and turns since it was first reported. Um, there's been talks that ESPN had a very big hand in trying to make this happen. Of course, ESPN will be getting SEC rights very soon for college football. So they obviously have a big vested interest in this. 
Um, we've heard like on an awful announcing reports that the Big 12 reportedly may offer Texas and Oklahoma 1.5 shares or 50% more revenue to stay in the Big 12. Um, you know, the Big 12 sent ESPN a cease and desist to say, look, stop trying to fucking coach our teams to a different conference, please. Um, there's been talk that the ACC will also now start grabbing some of those teams like a uh, West Virginia or others. And then the ACC and SEC will like merge kind of sort of to make a giant 32 team conference. And it's, it's, it's delicious and stupid and wonderful Wes. And, and I'm, I, I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on this, this nearly barely unbelievable case. So like every little rumor you threw out there, I'm just to a point where I wouldn't be shocked if any of them happened anymore. <laughs> yes. Um, so as far as the big 10 offering the 1.5 shares, it doesn't matter at this point, Texas and Oklahoma have renounced, um, basically renounced, uh, their rights starting in 2025 for the big 12. Uh, they reached out, they officially in writing, um, asked the sec for membership. The sec has officially accepted. So now all that matters is when. It's going mm -hmm. to happen. Now it just matters when it's going to happen. Uh, right now, Big 12 contracts run through 2025. Um, so as of right now, the only number definitively now is uh, 2025 is when Texas, Oklahoma at the latest will be going. Uh, now it comes down to um, does the Big 12, do the other schools want to negotiate a buyout with those two, which could get them out earlier? Mm -hmm. I mean, let's put it this way. It's not going to happen this fall. It's not happening in three weeks. <laughs> yeah. um, most likely wouldn't happen 2022. Uh, it To me, everything I'm hearing, 2023 would be a good point because that is actually when that new SEC contract kicks in with ESPN. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what better way to go into the new contract than having the two shiny new toys as well? That would that would be a good point. Um, I mean, there's just God. There's so many variables and questions. It's just it's insane. sanity here. And product on the phone end up doing the scheduling where we should i would be shocked if we didn't get the annual texas texas a&m that game back mm -hmm. which hasn't been played since i believe 2012 because now you want to talk some damn pissy animosity oh yeah God, you go to college station they are livid about this uh they don't want anything to do with the law they were like they were the one vote like that was that was no right when they the sec voted well well now the sec did eventually vote unanimous to bring them oh, okay. in but okay but but everybody knows texas a&m don't want them in there yeah. <laughs> uh, you know it's kind of one of those look you know 
we've got to do this. We've all got to go in. So we're going to need you to vote yes. You know, maybe they gave them something back alley that we don't know about. But um, yeah, so A&M's furious. But that does mean we'll get Texas A&M Texas back. Now you add this into the whole thing. Good God. I mean, that was already a brutally nasty rivalry anyway, because they Mm -hmm. just don't like each other down there at all. And now you're pulling the SEC and everything that's happened. And the fact that now A&M's in a better spot in Texas. A&M is a better program right now in Texas. Mm -hmm. Oh man. It's going to, that's, that is going to be the definition of tasty. Mm -hmm. Once the SEC uh, kicks that in, that is, that is the big game to me that you had. But now, depending once again on, you know, are they going to do, are they going to stick with divisions? I don't see how they do. Are they going to go to a pod system? Uh, are they going to go to a nine-game SEC schedule? That's, that's what started coming out the last few days. Are they going to do a nine-game schedule? Um, I mean, when you start throwing in Texas and Oklahoma with A&M and Alabama and LSU and Georgia and Florida, I mean, that's just, that's magnificent. I mean, give, yes, yes, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me Texas, Georgia, give me Oklahoma and LSU. Yes, I want all the games. Give them to me. Um, I'm also, I'm also a little excited what it could do with the scheduling because, you know, right now with the two big divisions, it's so unwieldy. Basically, you play the teams in your division every year. You have two set in stone games and then you rotate the rest of them. So like basically you see, you see there are certain teams you see two times in like a 12 year cycle. Like Mm -hmm. to this point, Georgia has never visited Texas A&M. Wow. And they're going on almost a decade in the conference. Um, so, you know, it could fit, you could fix it where basically if they go to a pod system with one, two, or three, um, like uh, like traditional tying games that you play every year, mm-hmm. like an interesting one I saw was I'm just going to use Georgia as my example. The pod would be Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and South Carolina, mm-hmm. and then on a yearly basis, Florida or Georgia would also keep their game with um, they would play Auburn. Um, I can't remember Auburn and two other teams, maybe Tennessee wasn't in there. Maybe it was, maybe it was Kentucky, Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina and Georgia would keep the Tennessee game and Georgia would keep the Auburn game. And then there would be one more game in there that they would keep. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, you would rotate, you would rotate enough where basically you would see in a four year span, you would play a home and away every four years with everybody. And I mean, with a conference that big, what more can you ask for? So there is you one know? quick question. I don't know if you have the answer to this, but just when you're when you're talking about the pod system, I assume uh, with with 16 teams, you'd basically have like four pods of four teams. Right. Correct. Does Correct. that mean there would then be an SEC semifinals? No. Now that would okay. you know they wouldn't go that far. There would still be a championship game. Um, what people figure, because of course, none of this has come out yet. So everything's just, you know, well, we think, we think, um, it seems like the best way would be, okay. Um, you know, number one and two of just whoever has the best conference record, 
Okay. And then because there will more than likely be some ties in there, um, it would go maybe on your bowl playoff ranking. Uh, so okay. let's say let, let's throw a shocker and say Alabama wins the league or Alabama's yeah. in first place. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's say Alabama, let's say nine, nine game season, Alabama goes nine and oh, um, Georgia, uh, Oklahoma and Texas A&M all go eight and one. So they finish second. They would then take the bowl uh, or not the bowl, the playoff rankings and whoever was next up in the ranking would be the second place team and go play in the championship game. Interesting. So, you know, if, okay. Georgia, if Georgia was ranked third and Oklahoma fourth and A&M sixth, you know, Georgia would go. Right. So, okay. uh, and now, no, once again, that's just speculation. That's people sure. throwing things together. They have, you know, we haven't officially come out and, you know, had the press conference and announced, oh, this is going to happen. So, Nothing is set in stone at this point, but that seems to be a popular idea with the pod system. Um, because once again, you know, I, th- I think the biggest thing that people have missed in the SEC is playing people consistently. Mm-hmm. I mean, once again, you know, this year Alabama will go to Florida this year for, I believe, the first time since 2008. Wow. That they visited the swamp, I think that's right. It's something like that. It is. It is like. I mean, it's been over a decade since they've been here, mm-hmm. and that's just that's just how the scheduling works out. And uh, you know that would help that a lot. And I mean, let let's be real. Everybody wants Bama every four years at least once in your stadium because you can guarantee you're going to sell a shit ton of tickets. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and you're and and the money's going to flow in. So you know you want that. Um. Money's going to be amazing here because, you know, you're, I mean, the money, it, it's all about the money. It's all about the money. Um, so there, there are the positives. I see positives in it, but buddy, there are some negatives. The negative is you've got eight other teams right now in the big 12 that are sitting there like, well, what the hell do we do with our lives now? Yeah. And there's not, and there's not, there's not a definitive answer. There's not an easy answer. There's a whole hell of a lot more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, uh, West Virginia, as you mentioned, West Virginia is already reaching out to the ACC going, come on, guys, please, <laughs> please, God, help us out here. <laughs> um, because here's the problem. If the Big 12 loses its autonomous status, which, you know, losing Texas and Oklahoma, I mean, suddenly what makes you one of the major league conferences anymore, really? Right. If they lose that status, I mean, you're talking you're talking guys having you know they're no longer in one of those big conferences anymore mm-hmm. and do you try to hold the big 12 together and bring in other teams or does the american athletic conference go out and start poaching big 12 teams as i said west virginia acc kansas and iowa state um kansas especially seems like one who's already trying to reach out to the big 10 mm-hmm. um and, you know, Kansas, while you look at the football and you're like, oh, my God, that's vomitous thinking about Kansas playing Big Ten football. Um, don't forget, I mean, Kansas Kansas is one of the few schools in this country that can throw up their basketball and people be like, well, you know, yep. mm-hmm. they make a point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, college basketball really at this point doesn't hold jack squat 
in the big in the big leagues anymore because college football's so big. But there are still a small handful of schools that can throw college basketball out there and it matters. But I mean, mm-hmm. even that said, I mean, you know, Kentucky don't get no special consideration from the SEC for being Kentucky. <laughs> Um, you know, Kansas are gonna Kansas gonna have an uphill battle getting into the Big Ten. Um, you know, there's a lot of other there's a lot of other things too than just sports that you know the Big Ten, the Big Ten have a real like elitist thing about them. Mm-hmm. As far as like their universities, you know, they think they're better than everybody. You think you're better <laughs> than me? Um, and they do. They think they're like Ivy League of the Midwest, which is like psh. okay. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Okay, but uh, you know, so the Big Ten could be a landing spot. The Pac-12, if they wanted to expand, but then you start looking at these schools, these eight, the I rate eight. I heard them called. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I mean, who really brings value out of that group? Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people. Oh, well, they bring this cable market, folks. Fuck that. Cable's dead. It's not about cable markets anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about brand name. It's about being a brand right. because you know everybody's buying. Everybody's they're cutting the cords. This isn't this isn't the last big round of realignment where it was about oh we need these cable markets. We need cable markets. No, it's about who are people interested in seeing. I'm sorry, Texas and Oklahoma people are interested in seeing. You know, um, Oklahoma State. Texas Tech, I have a soft spot in my heart for Texas Tech. You know, they, they've been, you know, Texas Tech has been pretty linked with East Carolina, you know, over the last 20 years, it seems like. <laughs> um, you know, obviously with the whole um, uh, Ruffin McNeil, Lincoln Riley group coming from Texas Tech, uh, there, was the, there was the big bowl win over Texas Tech that really solidified East Carolina at the time. I've got a soft spot in my heart for Texas Tech. I mean, unless the Pac-12 gets through their gets in their mind, you know what? We want to get into Texas. We want to tap into the market in Texas. We want to tap into the recruiting market in Texas. I don't see why the Pac-12 would be like, oh yeah, let's bring in Oklahoma State and Baylor and Texas Tech and TCU. And then you bring in the whole thing, you know, the Pac-12 especially. Baylor TCU with the religious aspects of the schools, you know, that's one reason BYU's never gotten into the Pac 10, 12, whatever you want to call them. (laughs) That's Uh one reason BYU never got in was the religious aspect. Um, There's a lot, there are so many questions for that group and there are not a lot of answers. Yeah. And they were so tied to Texas and Oklahoma. Um, they, they had, they had basically an emergency congressional session in the state of Texas the other day about this. Mm-hmm. And Bob Bowlesby got up there and said, yeah, Texas and Oklahoma are worth like 50% of the revenue in this conference. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I don't know, man, it's something out there. And yeah, really the last thing I want to do is go through a realignment thing again. True. It looks like we're going to, though. And, and part of that for me is, as an East Carolina fan, you know, I mean, we're we're not exactly top of the rung of the American right now. We're hoping to fight our way back up there, but we're not. We're behind the Cincinnati's, UCF's, 
at this point, the SMUs, the Houstons of the world, we're not quite on that level. I don't need, I personally on my end, I don't want to see Cincinnati, Houston, SMU, and UCF jumping and going to the Big 12 because mm-hmm. that puts the American back to, we're basically fucking Conference USA again. Yeah. And, you know, on that personal level, it's just going to make it harder for my team. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. There are so many questions of this. It is just getting started. That's the thing. This has been the most tumultuous summer. It's got to be the most tumultuous summer in the history of college football. <laughs> you've got this. Oh, yeah. You've got NIL kicking off. You've got the one-time free transfer kicking in now. I mean, my God, if you want to get into NIL and what's going on, the number one player in the country, the number one high school senior in the country, just decided to reclassify and enroll early at Ohio State. Because of NIL. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about this? Uh, No, actually. Go ahead. Okay. Quinn Ewers is the number one rated player in the country. He's a quarterback at South Lake Carroll High School outside of Dallas. You know, down in that area. I did see the headlines for this. Yes. Yes. I remember that name now. Yeah. This kid, um, he's already been a big news because he's he's like the first perfect score quarterback ever from the ratings. I mean, he's just, he's supposed to be like this quarterback prodigy was committed to Texas, decommitted, committed to Ohio state. So he can kiss my ass, obviously. Um, (laughs) But I mean, this kid is like a marketing dream. He's this big Texas quarterback. He has a bleach blonde mullet. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I mean, he is a marketing dream. So he had some NIL opportunities. Well, the state of Texas will not allow high school players to um, to profit off their NIL. So this hmm. kid was like, well, hell, you know what? All I've got to do is take one summer English course. I get my last English. I can graduate in August. <clears throat> he's finished that course. He's graduated. He's on the way to Ohio State. So, I mean, that's the top player in the recruiting ranks for next year who is already – out now due to NIL. And, and you know, I'm, I'm in favor of NIL because I, I think people should be able to make money. You know, don't get me wrong. I think guys should be able to make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I believe in a free market. I'm fine with that, you know. <laughs> but my God, you know, it's already, it's already started, man. And NIL is just, it's, it's going to change college football. It's going to make it better for the players. I don't know if it's going to make it better overall for the product, mm-hmm. but it's definitely going to make it better for the guys. And I'm, I'm happy for that. I'm happy for the guys. Definitely. Um, but you know, part of me, I'm an old school romantic. I, I love high school football. I love the idea of, um, you know, getting to be a hometown hero for four months in the fall. Uh, you know, making yourself that high school legend. I mean, Jesus, you know me. I mean, Forrest Bell. Does anyone else besides you and me know the hell Forrest Bell is? <laughs> nope. But Forrest, <laughs> Forrest Bell is like freaking godlike status in my eyes because he led my Rocky Mountain High School to a state title, the first one in like 50 years. Mm-hmm. So the kid, the kid's a legend, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just... I hate it for some of these kids. I hate it for the kids themselves that they're going to miss this opportunity to do something awesome. 
And even more than that, I hate it for their teammates who, you know, I mean, I mean, let's be real, you know, high school kids, you know who the best player is, you know, your best players are, and you do your job and hope that you can do enough to let them and their talent shine through to carry you to something great. Mm -hmm. And I feel for those kids. I mean, these kids at South Lake Carroll, now South Lake Carroll's a little different. This is like a big time national football program. But I mean, you know, there's 30 kids on that team who aren't going to play college football. And for them, it's like, man, I'm a senior. We've got the best quarterback in the country. Damn, we're going to go win state in Texas. This is going to be awesome. This is the time of my life. And now it's like, oh, he's gone. It's like, yeah. Shit. And he's gone <laughs> basically to go make money. I mean, he's yeah. basically going to go in red shirt. Mm-hmm. He's not going to, he's not going to play this year. He's literally going because of the NIL money. And that's just, it's a little sad that it's coming to that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, I mean, sadly, college football, which I adore college football, it's, it's in for a change. I just hope they don't change it so much that it becomes unrecognizable. Yeah, it's uh, tumultuous times for sure coming to college football and uh and not just realignment but as you mentioned with NIL rights and and how that trickles down to high school is going to be something that I don't think was talked about a ton when when the the push for getting athlete college athletes paid was was really championed and for good reason uh it was championed but yeah that is that is definitely one of the consequences that we're going to see be playing out in real time here of that um so yeah, that was that was fun. Hope you all enjoyed that little diversion away from soccer for a little bit and back to something we used to do a little bit more on this podcast. And um, who knows, maybe we'll do some more like this in the future whenever big, insane, crazy things happen again in the sports world. Um, how much? Um, I know uh, we're we have run a little long, Wes. Um, do you still have a little bit of time, or do you want to just kind of start towards wrapping up the pod? Uh, I can keep going. Whatever you want to do, I'm fine. Okay. Um, well, then, I because I did have the one more article, and uh, this was going to be my, my the article I pimped from The Athletic this week. Um, so we can talk about this one a little bit, and then we can we can hear what you have from The, uh, the Athletic. Um, and this one, and I want to, you know, I need to take this out of reader mode so I can actually see who the, um, <laughs> is it really not going to let me? I can't see who the, oh, there we go. Alex Stewart. Alex Stewart wrote this article um, about a week ago. And I was going to do it last week, and then, of course, we couldn't uh, be live together last week, so I saved for this one. Uh, the headline of this article, the, quote, future of football, end quote, is it? Um, and essentially, there was uh, a, an actual youth tournament uh, called the Fo- Future of Football Cup uh, between PSV Eindhoven's uh, youth team, along with AZ Alkmaar, Red Bull Leipzig, and Club Brugge. Um, these four teams are playing in a tournament with five big rule changes. Um, and I wanted to give my thoughts on those rule changes and how they could possibly be if they come eventually to the greater European, um, soccer climate and also get Wes's thoughts on them. Um, so again, from the article, the first big change that they made, um, halves would be 30 minutes counting down from 30 to zero and the clock would stop whenever play is interrupted. That's, that's the biggest one. 
That's so it's just 30 minutes of ball in playtime. Um, there would be unlimited substitutions, which took me a while to get my head around. Um, they would use uh, if you get a yellow card, you go into a five minute penalty box. <laughs> um, and the final two changes were instead of uh, throw ins, you do kick ins from from the touchline. And then um, there you could also do self kicks from set piece situations, which means you could take a dribble or two and then and then kick the ball back into play um, from a set piece. Um, so these these were the five changes. Um, I will give my thoughts first, since I know I just I just brought this to Wes's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I actually the, the 30 minute one really threw me. And then they they cited studies, and who knows how accurate these are, of course. But they essentially cited studies that um, this is about how much of in-play time is actually in a half of soccer right now. Um, The 30 minutes, I think the person who was watching this, uh, yeah, so the the first half, they timed just, they started from from the opening kick and just let a running timer play through the entire half, even even when the clock was stopped. The first half um, was exactly 38 minutes. The second half was 48 minutes and 32 seconds. So when you look at it that way, you're still getting a pretty much about the same soccer, the amount of soccer. So that, that one, I don't really mind much. It's very weird, it is very different. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's fairly the same, and there's no more ambiguous, like, oh, well, there was only seven minutes of stoppage time, and here somebody's scoring in the ninth minute of stoppage time. What what the hell's going on, guys? Um, so that kind of thing. The unlimited substitutions thing, I don't fucking understand. Um, the Sinbin five-minute for a yellow card is interesting um, and would cut down on, like, those, like, cheap tactical fouls probably – but I don't know how great those would be. Um, and then the other two things, the the kick-ins instead of throw-ins and the self-kicks, I don't really care about. Um, so I don't mind most of these changes, to be honest. Now um, recording. Thanks, Thank Craig. You, Craig. Um, I don't mind most of these changes. What I do also mind, though, to much bigger, I think, is that... FIFA was cited that the reason they want to make a lot of these changes is to try because they feel that this will be a better way to attract youth to the game, which in my mind is really weird because to me, soccer isn't like baseball where you really want to try and speed up the pace of play, especially in the majors. Um, Soccer, you know, we've talked about soccer. It's two hours of your life. You know, you you know pretty much what you're getting unless it's like a major tournament and you go to extra time or something. You know it's two hours and that's it. FIFA also seems to be really popular with the kids. Like, that that's one of the most popular video game series in the world is FIFA. So it, it's, it seems very odd that they're trying these to try and get more youth interest when that doesn't seem to be an issue. The, the, the rule changes themselves, I could take or leave, but yeah, that's really weird. So so now that I've had a chance to drone on a lot of, little bit about this, Wes, uh, what do you think? 
Well, you, you know, a point I hadn't even thought about because I had seen this happen and I hadn't really thought twice about it, though. So these are just my raw thoughts. Um, I can kind of understand where they're coming from with the whole youth thing because, like you said, hmm. oh, they play FIFA. Well, you know, FIFA, I burn right through a game of FIFA in about 30 minutes. That's true. That, that's a good point. I mean, FIFA's – now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I would – freaking love like a legitimate one <laughs> that's me I'm, I'm old i'm an old man gamer so i'm not even really a gamer but um you know so i i can i can get where they're coming from you know the kids who are falling in love with the game playing fifa you know they do it and like i said they're playing three four five six matches in the time that it takes for one actual match to be played mm-hmm so, you know, I can kind of see where they're coming from there for trying to speed up the game. Um, honestly, the 30-minute half countdown wouldn't bother me because, you know, really here in the United States, I mean, that's how we grew up playing time sports. I mean, you know, as a football and a basketball player, you know, the clock counted down and you oh, that was fine. Yeah. Um, so I don't have an issue with that. The unlimited substitutions, I don't know about that shit. That's really that's weird. Getting a little, that's getting a little too much hockey for me. Mm-hmm. You know, do you do you sub them out, like, during the during the play? That'd be kind of cool, I guess. You know? like, second line, go. <laughs> oh, penalty, penalty killing line, you know, <laughs> shit like that. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't have any issue with them going, playing this tournament and trying new things. I mean, this is the place to do it as in, like, a youth tournament somewhere. Sure. It's just like the Atlantic League for baseball rules. Exactly. You know, I don't see, I don't know if I even see any of them really sticking or happening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is, it is actually good that the sport is trying to be proactive and trying to see, hey, can we do this better? Can we do this better? Because once again, I think that's somewhere where baseball got themselves in trouble. Mm-hmm. And now they're trying to fix things in baseball, but it's like, you know, great, you're 20 years late on this shit. <laughs> yeah. So I will give it to soccer, at least, you know, they're, they're looking and even maybe if they're not having that many complaints about it, you know, they are looking at, you know, Hey, next generation, where could we, where can we improve? Where could we maybe evolve the game to, you know, make it, make it more attractive to that next group coming up? Because you know what? We don't want to end up like baseball. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, again, no idea um, if any of these things will come to pass. If they do, you heard them here maybe first, um, possibly <laughs> first. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be going to be super, super interesting. And, again, like I, I do actually think the the clock thing would be very interesting, especially if, you know, you, you have the – they do like they do in basketball where the referees kind of can control it with their whistle. Um I think that would be very, very good. And then, you know, at the end of a ma- near the end of a match, when you know you see the the keeper grab the ball, and even though there's literally no one around him, they fall to the ground, and then you know they kind of roll around for a bit, and they take their time getting up, and then eventually they they get the ball back in play. Well, you know, maybe we can kind of cut that part out now because you know it, it doesn't matter for time wasting, and maybe there's fewer fake injuries. Because again, you're you're not actually wasting any time. You're just literally wasting people's time at this point. So um, there you go. 
Yeah, and see that I would I would like that part because like you said the um the the injury time at the end of matches end of halves I mean they are it is totally subjection yeah or subjective and mm-hmm. you know this way it also may take some of the pressure off of referees sure you know where it's not oh he's being a prick it's like no you can see the damn clock stop and it's not us yeah yeah absolutely so. Uh, we'll see. Again, yeah, that, that was definitely my um, my. And if and if they can get it close to where you're still pretty much playing the equivalent amount of football, I, I think that's a really good idea. Um, so that was that was my article. I'm going to use to pimp the athletic this week, Wes. Uh, what do you have for us? And I've got three articles Ooh. about three of the bigger um, personalities, we'll say, in their three in their sports that they play. Um. You guys know I love these. Um, I love the human pieces. You know, Ed, Ed likes Ed really likes the good technical shit. Mm-hmm. Tell me a story. Sure, I love those stories. Who tells a better story than the evolution of Manny being Manny? Borrowed oh, underwear, yes. uncashed paychecks, carefree confidence for a hitting savant. <laughs> uh, Zach Mizell does an article on Manny Ramirez. That's all you need to know. Manny Ramirez Mwah. is maybe the most perfect right-handed hitter I've ever seen in my life. Um, he obviously did some amazing things for my team, the Boston Red Sox, uh, including just going on a blistering, blistering 2004 run. Um, and then 2007 did it again, helping the Red Sox win a pair of World Series. Manny was the man. Manny is a crazy motherfucker. Yes, he is. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not talking about, oh, he's fun. No, Manny's a little crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Manny, does, Manny does shit. Yeah. So, um, you know, definitely check out Manny. Um, another one, uh, we'll stick baseball here. It was a magical time. Tony Gwynn's Hall of Fame career started 40 years ago this summer. Uh, this takes you through the first summer of Tony Gwynn's professional career, starting off in lovely Walla Walla, Washington. <laughs> Um, it goes back talking to his kids. Uh, John Crook is um, interviewed in this piece. Just some really, really good stuff on a guy who, man, I, I really wish Tony Gwynn was still around. Yeah, Tony Gwynn is a Tony Gwynn was always just like, wait, what the hell, Tony Gwynn done? What the hell, man? Um, yeah, Tony Gwynn was a fun player, and by God, that man just God, he could hit. God, he could hit. Amazing. Awesome. Uh, Check it out. Corey Brock did that one. Um, and then we'll switch. Uh, we'll go over to the uh, professional slash college football. Uh, gold teeth to gold jacket. The stories that made Edger and James a legend. Ooh, okay. Or someone to throw this. Because Edge was like the Miami Hurricane of the late 90s. Uh, Edge was the guy who uh, just about single-handedly carried the Hurricanes, um, put them on his back in the late 90s. I mean, he was he was like the guy who mattered at Miami, and this was the early Butch Davis days um, when the Canes were building what would be the uh, the national title team. Uh, Edge was long gone by then, but Edge had a huge part in it. Um, <clears throat> had a huge part in making the Indianapolis Colts uh, what they were. Um, you know, obviously, Peyton Manning gets all the accolades. Man, if it, Peyton Manning had not had Edger and James. Would have never, ever been what they had been without uh, Edger and James, an absolute stud, an absolute legend. Um, 
And I haven't got to it yet, but that is going to be an absolute fantastic, fantastic article. So um, those are my three. Uh, Manny, Tony Gwynn, and Edger and James. Three really, really good reads right there with three very, very interesting characters across different sports. Um, so that'll that'll do it for us, Pim the Athletic. Let's close tonight's pod with uh, a little bit of a watch for Wes. Uh, what you're watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Uh, so in the last couple weeks, um, we finished season one of Goliath. Okay. Holy shit, that's a good show. That's <laughs> all so I'm going to tell you guys. Billy Bob is amazing in it. Uh, the cast is amazing. Dwight Yoakam's in it. I love Dwight Yoakam. Um, yeah, if you want, it's a, it's, a, it's, a legal, it's a legal thing, but it's not like, it's it's a legal show, but not like Law and Order kind of a legal show. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it's really really good. We're ready to start season two. Just haven't got to it yet. Uh, I'm into season four of The Shield. Okay. Uh, Glenn Close is the new captain of the precinct. Um, she will not be ignored, Nick <laughs> Mackey. She hasn't put his uh, she hasn't put his kid's bunny in a boiling pot yet. So hopefully, oh no. Hopefully that won't happen. Um, yeah, I mean that's just that's kind of where I am right now. Uh, those are my two go tos that I'm working on. Um, and that just living the life, brother. Excellent. Um, so uh, Ted Lasso season two just came out. Um, we have watched episode one. It is, uh, quite a fun return to, uh, AFC Richmond. So I, I strongly suggest anybody who has the capability to go out and check out Ted Lasso. That is a, a very, very good show. Um, and I will also throw out a game I have been playing for, I guess it's been about a month now that I've, I've started playing it. Um, that's what happens when you play the game twice a week, I guess. Um, but it's a game. It came out in 2019, and unfortunately, I was never able to play it until right now. Um, it was, I think, a lot of people's game of the year that year. It is a game called Control. Um, it is fantastic. It is a third-person shooter um, that takes place in a secret government building in New York City where the main character is looking for her uh, long-lost brother. It is, it, it's fantastic, it's weird, it's wild, it is wonderful. And last night I played a sequence that was about eight minutes and had me simultaneously smiling, headbanging, and not shaking my head in disbelief that the game was pulling this off. It's an amazing sequence, one of the best in, I've ever played in a video game. If you have the capability, go check it out. I think it's on like most major consoles, Xbox, PS4, 5, and and computer. It's called Control. It's amazing. Go play it. It's fantastic. I, I cannot recommend it enough. Um, so there you go. Excellent. Yeah, it was, oh, God, it was amazing. Um, so, yeah, that is going to bring us to the end of this edition of the Foreign Affair Podcast. Episode 376 is in the books. want to give a big shout to uh, NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. You can catch them on the social as well as us on uh, Twitter as a collective. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are? 
I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. And I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. And you can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Thanks to our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Um, so we'll be back next week. Um, I believe, yeah, next week is our season preview show. So All right. can't wait to do that. We'll make our um our mate we'll make our uh predictions for the season that are definitely absolutely one hundred percent gonna come true. And um and, and see, maybe there'll be more movement on the Harry Kane saga by then. Um so that'll wrap it up for here. But before we get out, Wes, is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, just my an announcement, Ed. I am uh, I'm coming out of retirement <gasps> to uh, go back into the booth this fall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Done, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I knew you would appreciate the coming out of retirement because I retire at the end of every damn season. I'm like, that's it. I ain't doing this shit no more. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. This year, they're working. I will be working every other Friday this year. So. Okay. <laughs> It will be it will be a collaborative effort this year. But, mm. uh, yeah, as long as I got week one, which was Tarboro Rocky Mountain, I was uh, oh, amazing. After three years, we're finally trying to actually get the Tarboro Rocky Mountain game played. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> hey, this is like the most cursed high school game ever. Year one, uh, monsoon hits right before halftime. Monsoon, like storm of the century, hits before halftime. Uh, year two, COVID. Mm-hmm. So here we are, third time. We're really trying to play this whole Rocky Mountain Harbor game this year. <laughs> Fingers crossed it actually happens for Wes. He's, he's been crossed. so cursed. We, we, haven't, we haven't had a good earthquake in North Carolina recently. So <laughs> well, we'll see, I guess. Um, <laughs> you never know. You never know. It is, it is about that hurricane season time, I guess. Um, oh, and and then the then the top ticker. Apparently, Wesleyan wants me back. <laughs> Why? Oh my god! <laughs> oh. I mean, it's like, it's like. I mean, do I literally like have to go to midfield and take a shit on the logo? Or... <laughs> oh my god! Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that said, I, if I do that, I may use a uh, I may use a false name. I may use a stage name. <laughs> oh, can't, oh. can't make this up, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot make this up. But uh, I, th- I think if I I think if I use a stage name, I'm going to go with a uh, Sterling Figus. Mm, mm, that's a good one. That's mm, or Cyril or one of them. No, no, I li- I like combining the two characters, Sterling Figus. I like that. That's a good one. Sterling Figus. So I can be very analytical and also somewhat of a wild card at the same time. <laughs> oh, and man. I can make jokes like, "Give us what bugs? It's going to be Stir Friday." Because <laughs> eh, it's Sterling, so Stir Fry. I got it. Ah, ah, yeah, ah. I'm all over this. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us here on episode 376 of the Foreign Affair Podcast. From a Colin Crime, West Bradshaw, I'm Edward Green. We'll catch you all next week. Until then, stay safe and enjoy the football. And good night, Harry Kane. Really think about what the hell you're doing, man. Yeah.
Maybe don't listen to your brother as much anymore. Just throwing that out there. Go to your other brother, Steve. Okay. <laughs> oh, I forgot to do it. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSE Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSE Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSE Sports. We never stop.